Some people say a man is made out of mud A poor man's made out of muscle and blood Muscle and blood and skin and bones A mind that's weak and a back that's strong You load 16 tons What do you get? Another day older and deeper in depth St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go I owe my soul to the company store I was born one morning when the sun didn't shine I picked up my shovel and I walked to the mine I loaded 16 tons a number nine coal And the straw boss said, well, to bless my soul You load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go I owe my soul to the company store I was born one morning, it was drizzling rain Fighting and trouble are my middle name I was raised in the cane break by an old mama line Can't know a high-toned woman make me walk the line You load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go I owe my soul to the company store You see me coming better, step aside A lot of men didn't, a lot of men died One fist of iron, the other of steel If the right one don't get you, then the left one will You load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go I owe my to the company store. The time is 8.45 on the 14th of April 2013. My name is Garen Thomas. And I'm Simon Payne. And you've been listening to a year of Errand of Mercy. Woo! We've done it. Yeah. Happy birthday, us. Happy anniversary, whatever. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, Simon. Oh, I'm touched. We've been doing this for a year. We've we made have. It's hard. weird, isn't it? We've been through hard times. We've been through good times. We have. But we just kept it going, and uh, we've built something that can last, I think. We do. I think we have. This is like a, this is good, this is good um, enduring British engineering of a podcast. <laughs> Yeah, you're listening to episode 44 of Errand of Mercy, which has been recorded exactly a year after we recorded episode one, which is kind of crazy. It is a bit weird, isn't it, that, that it's fallen like that? It um, is fallen on a Tuesday, which yeah. is our recording day, most of yeah, the time. <laughs> most of the time, unless, you know, shit's going down, unless G's got social functions to attend to. Yeah, um, and, and at this juncture, I do want to apologise to Elsa, who I was supposed to be taking out for dinner tonight, but I stood up because it's mine and Simon's anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, I'm I'm not sure if I'd do that for my fiance. Uh, <laughs> bear in mind that I said I'm not sure and said definitely not. 
Um, yeah, yeah, good. You know. That's good. That's that's the sign of a of a stable relationship. A, a dedicated, dedicated. No, so I'm, I'm dedicated so. I think so. I think if you're willing to admit that, I think it shows. <laughs> I think it shows a good level of trust in your relationship. So it's a good well, sign. Well, or it will in in a couple of days' time when she hears this and she's like, "You dickhead." <laughs> <laughs> or I may be in the doghouse today anyway because I told her that we're we're going to Birmingham this weekend um, to look at suits for me and to look at rings and do wedding stuff and we're going right. to see and we're going to see Eddie Izzard and oh. I said on Twitter um, today that I was really excited about going to the Yu Gi Oh Nationals this weekend which are also one in in Birmingham <laughs> and you did not told her that previously um, no she knows that they're happening and she mm. knows that that like originally we weren't going to go and now we've decided we're going to go for one day because um, cause fabulous fabulous bastard Dan will be there yeah. and that's going to be entertaining I mean uh, I, I- I, I'm 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 sad that I haven't seen Barston Dan for a while, so I, I, it's good that you're going to see him. Say exactly. Hi. <laughs> um, but but then she's then she she said on Twitter, well, it's nothing nothing else cool is happening at, uh, during that weekend, is it? Then Simon and I was like, no, nothing is cooler than Yu Gi Oh. And just oh. Like that. oh, Simon, Simon, I'm, Simon, Simon. Well, you got to treat him mean to keep to keep him keen. <laughs> That's how it works, isn't it? I think once you're engaged to him, that rule kind of like that falls apart. You're saying that doesn't. You're, so you're saying that 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 all this stuff I've been reading in the game won't necessarily help prolong yeah. a healthy marriage. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say if you want a healthy, long-term, stable relationship, then maybe you shouldn't be talking to mystery so much. That, that is true. Like you don't <laughs> see that many like like couples in their fifties who've been married for thirty years, and like the man is sat there in a pink cowboy hat telling his wife what big hands she has yeah it's like so you've been married for 60 years now um what would you say is the uh, the core of your relationship um constant negging i would say <laughs> wow darling you look really well in that, in that top. <laughs> the top makes you look you're, you're glowing your curves are, are massive oh, i just remember like being in like being in sixth form like I guess that was when kind of the mystery method came out. Yeah, dudes were like, "You've got to read this shit." And like, I went to this party. It was someone's birth, like 18th birthday or something like that. Um, and I got chatting to these two girls. Um, nice, and good. This dude came along who was well into like the game. And, like, he had all these lines and shit from it, and he would kept trying them. And, like, then he walked off, and I would say to the girls, what the fuck was up this guy, that guy? They were like, yeah, I know, right? Do you want our numbers? <laughs> well, there you go. Maybe yeah. that's the secret. The that's... secret is you've got to be the guy the guy who's read the game's wingman, and then you're <laughs> sorted. Yeah, be the wingman of the mystery, of mystery yeah. and you're, you're set. Yeah, otherwise, um, not, not such a great idea. Um, we've got some announcements as well for our birthday show. Um, we now have a Twitter account. You might have seen that already. I did post on the Facebook group, and I know yes, a couple indeed. of you are following it already. That is um, on Twitter at EOM Podcast. Um, so just the letters EOM. It stands for Errand of Mercy and the word podcast. Which stands um, for podcast. That's for podcast. And um, very similarly, we have an email address now, which is EOM dot podcast oh. um i f- couldn't for some reason i couldn't get one without the dot or something i can't remember how that went no, but yeah so- it's eom.podcast at gmail.com 
nice. So if you've got anything you want to send to us, you know, you want to yeah. you want to use that. Don't sign that up to like porn. That would be very funny. Um, I mean, the Gmail spam filter is pretty good, so we might so, be able to work yeah. out that. In that case, bring it on. Do whatever yeah. you want. I, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to see what the people can come up with. Um, so, yeah, you can now get in touch with us by email or Twitter or, as ever, um, our Facebook is facebook.com forward slash errand of mercy. So three different methods by which you may now contact us with stuff. With stuff. Anything you want, um, you know. Yeah, something you think we should talk about on the show. Like, yep. fan art. I'm a big fan of fan art. You know, throw that away. Get Definitely. creative. Send us whatever you want. Um, I, so yeah, the the the, podca- the podcast where it was founded. Um, I posted a couple of things on there. Tried to start a text based RPG. Simon, you and you, you thought I was going too far with I that. I think it's a little bit too. I too just think it. it's a little bit too much. It's I feel too, like it's a bit too much. I think I'm I'm literally I kind of like planned out an entire RPG based on our based on references to our show while i was in the shower the other day um so i think i might just have to make that <laughs> that's okay make it and uh and keep it and then maybe i'll have a go at it and we'll laugh about it but i just feel like that would be jumping a hipster shark that's jumping a shark that's wearing like a uh like a, a woolen cardigan and a fedora i think <laughs> is what you're doing there <laughs> Because we we sail quite close to those waters all the time. Um, yeah, I, we don't I, necessarily want to go out o- over into the the, the straits of narcissism. <laughs> the straits of na- through the straits of narcissism into the sea of hipster. Is that what yeah? You're that's what, not what you want to do. Yeah, you just want to stay in the coastal waters of somewhat nerdy. Yeah, that's what we want. <laughs> Fair enough. And speaking of uh, the coastal waters of somewhat nerdy. Um, okay. This uh, last week, I went to a um, I went to a Genesis reunion gig. Gee, oh, I bet that was fun. It was uh, it was really good. It wasn't so much Genesis reunion. It was more Steve Hackett, the guitarist from Genesis, and a bunch of friends. That was based. That that's like my. That's always my question when someone goes to a reunion. It's like how many of them were actually at the reunion? So it was just Steve Hackett. <laughs> yeah, basically. And uh, the guitarist of Marillion was there and they had uh, they had a couple of guest singers. It was really really good. Um That's the thing. I bet it was good, but like I get annoyed when stuff it's not a Genesis reunion gig. No, but it's, it was it was built a... as Steve Hackett plays the hits of Genesis. It wasn't. Oh, right. Okay, that's reunion. fine. Because yeah, it's it's actually like a prog supergroup playing Genesis. Is yeah, essentially, yeah. But they yeah. they like it was the moment um like my fiance's not really listened to much old Genesis stuff. And the moment like the lights came up, they start off with started off with one of their famous songs and and the lights came up, and the lead singer was dressed as a maritime captain with a telescope looking out into the crowd. And she just looked at me, and I was like, oh, yeah. Would you expect any less? Exactly. <laughs> Hold on to your seat, darling, because you're in for quite a ride. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's old-school Genesis. It's yeah, like, exactly. The lead up. singer was kind of like the guy from Crystal Maze if he was wearing a really long blonde curly wig and possessed by the spirit of Peter Gabriel, if Peter Gabriel was dead. It Which was pretty he No, he's not, he's still alive as far as we're aware, hopefully. Yeah. It was pretty it was pretty amazing. I really, really enjoyed it. Also the clientele, pretty amazing. Um I'm pretty sure me and my fiance were the youngest people there. Yeah, definitely. Almost um, certainly. 
he had a lot of um he had a lot of like older guys who had who had quite obviously lost quite a bit of hair and down in the seating area um the standing area in front of the stage there was a bunch of them at the barrier and they'd periodically start headbanging and then stop very cl- slowly look very self-conscious and then just stop completely <coughs> and I was like, what's going on down there and i was like oh shit they keep on realizing they haven't got any hair anymore <laughs> That's so sweet. It was poignant and tragic at the same time. Definitely. Oh, that's that is that is quite sad, but yeah, um, at the same time, lovely. But there's 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 also like this weird kind of prog rock virtuoso musician voice that a lot of them seem to share. So like Steve Hackett was like, "Yes, thanks for thanks everybody, thanks for coming down tonight. We're uh, we're playing obviously just Genesis things, but we've got we've got the guitarist from Marillion here, and uh, and it was like woo." And um, he's like, "How are you doing today?" <laughs> well, Steve, I'm really good. Uh, it's really good to be here. You're like, yeah, on a <laughs> guys, you're right. Like every every music documentary you've ever seen about a prog band, they're all that guy. They all sound like that. They all sound exactly like that. It's amazing, yeah. guys. Guys doing the late late night show on Radio Two. <laughs> exactly, yeah. This is uh this is Years of Prog with Steve Hackett. It's uh about <laughs> half past nine. We're gonna be taking you through to about twelve o'clock. Here's one from King Crimson. Like thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That, yeah, it's exactly right. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it was like the crowd were really friendly as well. Oh, there was I, some, there was yeah. some like amazing heckling, but it wasn't heckling. It was more just like individualized fan worship. Like, yeah. like he was at the towards the end of the thing. He was like, like saying to everybody, "Do you want to thank this guy on drums?" And uh, this guy on 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 brass and percussion, and then um, and then like there was a pause, and somebody right near the back of the venue went, and Steve Hackett on guitar, and everybody went, woo! He's like, thank you, darling, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, can you just do your prog voice all the time? It's so I'm enjoying this so much. <laughs> Do you want me to? I've I've actually got a little game that I brought with me from the event. Uh, (laughs) You'll notice that um, the the avid listeners of the show will notice that we haven't done creep or creation for a while. Yeah, Um, and this is a this is a similar feature that I'm calling trick or track. So, (laughs) um, so I have here a number of choices of songs, a number of choices of lyrics. So, with each song, you first got to guess which song is the real one. So. I have an option of two different songs. One of those song titles I've made up myself, and another one of, another one of those song titles is the title of a song I heard at the at the Steve Hackett gig. Um, then there are the lyrics of the songs. I've either made those up or they've they are the actual lyrics of the songs. This sounds brilliant. The first um, the first option of songs we have two songs here. One of them is a track, and one of them is a trick. And the first one is. Watcher of the Skies. The second one is Sunborn Voyager. I'm gonna say, say Watcher of the Skies is the real one. That sounds more like a prog track. Like Sunborn Voyager sounds like almost too hippie-ish. That sounds too- more psychedelic. You know? Okay, fine. Um, you are correct. Watcher of the Skies is a Genesis song that Excellent. I heard. And uh, here are the lyrics. Would you like yeah, me to read? Yeah, just a sec. Can we can we just make clear that you're a big 
Genesis and like prog fan. Yeah. I am um, I enjoy prog. I would not be able to name like a single song by Genesis. <laughs> Let alone like late seventies Genesis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'd be fucked. So yeah, it's fine. Um so um you've got two excerpts from uh, from watcher of the skies once again one of these is real and one of them is fake would you like me to read it out in my prog my prog virtuoso voice if you could that would that would definitely improve the kind of the atmosphere of this game okay so um so the first excerpt goes as follows oh watcher of the skies fire burning in your eyes clutching at the gates of heaven's forbidden domain and uh, the second one is watcher of the skies watcher of all his is a world alone, no word of his own. Um, I'm going to say the second one, because like, the first one sounded almost like a bit too religious almost, you know? Yeah. Whereas the second one sounds a bit more like mysterious Celtic mysticism, which is kind of, I feel, more of a prog thing. Yeah, you are. You're, once again, you're correct. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're good at this. Basically, the way I'm the way I'm doing it is I'm just picturing Peter Gabriel stood on a misty moor and imagining <laughs> what's more likely for him to be saying at that occasion. <laughs> just, I love the idea that like that's where he did a lot of his writing. Almost, that's almost certainly where he did his writing. Let's be honest. He did a lot of writing on Salisbury Hill, actually. Come to think up. of it, yeah, there you go. You know, hill, misty hills in the early morning. I figure yeah. it's where ninety percent of Genesis songs were written. <laughs> misty hills is one word for uh, for the state of mind a lot of Genesis songs were probably <laughs> yeah, written like, in. I'm pretty sure they were on acid at the time, but you know that goes without say. Okay, so here's a here's the second uh, the second two songs. Once again, one of these is real, um, one of them is fake. Maze of Shifting Mirrors and Chamber of 32 Doors. Ooh. Maze of Shifting Mirrors or Chamber... You see, the thing is, to me, Maze of Shifting Mirrors just makes me think of Craftwork (laughs) because they're Hall of Mirrors. Yeah. And the 32 Chambers ones make me think of the 36 Chambers by (laughs) (laughs) Wu-Tang. So, I've got to go with the Shifting Mirrors one, so I think Craftwork's probably closer to Genesis than the Wu-Tang Clannis. Uh No, Chamber of 32 Doors is How in fact the Genesis track. That's a song off of the Lamb Lies Down on Broadway album. That's amazing. Um, Maze of Shi- the Maze of Shifting Mirrors, in case you're interested, is um, is the de- domain where the Demon King Zench lives in the <laughs> um, in the Warhammer Forty Thousand mythos. <laughs> I imagine, like, I mean, you're the one who's worked the Warhammer world. You're the one who plays it. But I, I imagine for a lot of the Warhammer Forty K mythos was written while listening to prog rock. Can we agree on While that? also on acid. It's like a second generation <laughs> photocopy. Yeah, kind of. I think you're almost definitely right, though. I think <laughs> just like I can imagine it now. Just a bunch of guys in a kind of like in a room playing with some toys, listening to Genesis. Like, oh yeah, my army is the yeah, like the chamber of the shifting mirrors or whatever. <laughs> <fuck you> just <laughs> said. 
<laughs> whatever words just came out whatever of your mouth. Words, whatever words you combined into whatever shit sentence that you said. <laughs> right. So I, I've so one, two lost ones though. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, so Chamber of Thirty Two Doors. Um, I've taken two excerpts from it. One of them is made up. One of them is uh, real. So uh, so here we have. Within the chamber, a figure waits with hooded robe and hidden face who leads you, leads you to a door. As the portal closes, you enter through, not realising the man in the chamber was you. <laughs> All right, I want it to be that one, so I'm kind of looking forward for the second one. The second one is, I'd rather trust a man who works with his hands. He looks at you once, you know he understands. Don't need any shield when you're out in the field. Um, it's got to be the first song, because I love the twist that the demon or whatever was you. That's, that's a perfect prog twist, and I love it. It is, in fact, the second one. <laughs> oh, no! What's the first one? Did you make that up yourself? I made that up myself. Fucking, you, you, you've got a career here, man. <laughs> it's my, uh, my new prog band, Maze of Shifting Mirrors. <laughs> Right on. No, definitely. <laughs> okay, so... so um, that, I mean, that one really stumped me. So, like, yeah. two lost two here, so... Okay. <sighs> so, uh, so the next one, we have, uh, we have Dancing Out with the Moonlit Night versus Bishop's Gambit. <sighs> right, I'm going to say, I'm not a big fan of prog, but I am a big fan of King Crimson. Yeah. Um, and Bishop's Gambit sounds like a chess thing. And based on the fact that my dad is like the biggest King Crimson fan, I know that King Crimson wrote an entire album about chess. Yeah. So I'm going to say it's not the chess one because that's a King Crimson song. Yep. Am I right? Uh, it's not a King Crimson song, but I was aware that they've written an entire album made, uh, about chess. So you could call Bishop's Gambit a Crimson Herring. Uh, right. It was, in fact, Dancing Out with the Moonlit Night is the right one, so you're correct. No, that's what I chose. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you saw through my double or triple bluff. I'm not sure which, which one it was. There was a certain level of bluffing going on there, and I saw right through it. Yeah, yeah you cut straight through it. So the, uh, the, the lyrics for Dancing Out with the Moonlit Night uh, go as follows. Which one of these is real and which is fake? Okay. Follow on till the grail sun sets in the mould. Follow on till the gold is cold, dancing out with the moonlit night. Knights of the green shield stamp and shout. <laughs> or, there's a fat old lady outside the saloon, laying out her credit card, she plays fortune. The deck is uneven right from the start, and all of their hands are playing a part. Oh, man, um... I'm going to say the first one because the second one has a reference to credit cards and I'm not sure they were too, a big enough deal in the 70s to get into a prog song. You don't think so? No. You see, I've, uh, I've duped you, I've tricked you because they're oh, in fact both lyrics from the same song. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> 
oh, that's amazing. So I don't think that one really counts. That was. I was just wondering if you you'd catch on and that they were both from the same song, but you can't because it's Genesis. Um. Uh, the uh the, so that's uh, I think that is so that's got that final one a draw yeah that, that that's cool so you got the first part of that right so I'd say you um you got three out of five there so that's not bad better that's than pretty good better than half I'm re- I'm I'm quite happy with that like yeah. I used my vague knowledge of prog to good effect yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I was quite pleased with uh, with Maze of Shifting Mirrors or Chamber of Thirty Two Doors both uh, both songs that could feature on the same album even. <laughs> Almost definitely. Um, if anybody the hasn't, cor- the corridor of moving furniture, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the if anybody hasn't listened to Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, it's an insane concept album that has a has a continuous story that runs throughout the same album, and the story is cyclical. Um, the last song feeds into the first one. Um, it's been, I, I have I have listened to that album. It's been a very long time. Um, since I have, I don't feel that I have been in the right state of mind to listen to it. It's mad. Time. It features a song called L- "The Lemians," which um, is about snakes with female face- faces that have sex with you, drink your blood, then die, and you're so overcome with grief that you eat them, and it changes you into a like a monster. <laughs> Prog, everyone, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Is it is it a a uh, inc- a bad result from failing a spot check in a trap room in Dungeons and Dragons, or is it the subject of a prog rock song? <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody knows. So that was my uh, that was my Thursday evening. That's where I went. Um, my in Thursday- mind and spirit and body. <laughs> I think I spent my Thursday evening playing board games, which was fun. Oh, you know. You probably went on um, as as mythic a journey as me then. Um, I played Chaos in the Old World. So oh, yeah. yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> what a game. It is, uh, I, I, had not, I, I must say, until Thursday, I had not been a fan, but first I had a very good game of it. So I think I've been turned around to that game. Uh, Fantasy Flight are, are great because they, they write board, game, board, board games that force everybody to pull together because they're so punishingly difficult. <laughs> it's not so much four people playing a board game, it's four people playing against a board game. It was one of those things we we all played a game and we got to the final go and but for a dice roll any of us could have won, which I quite like. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Me and um, me and my fiance played Relic on Sunday, and that that's one of those games where if somebody wins in about fr- within about three or four hours, everybody's pleased because somebody <laughs> has won Relic. It's it's quite punishing in difficulty. Going back to music, though. If we can switch back that way, so you went yep. to a gig on Thursday. Um, yes, indeed. You went to see a, you went to see a kind of like a non. You saw a prog non Genesis reunion, essentially. Essentially, yeah. Um, yeah. If perhaps you had been going to see the, I, I'm I'm not sure I can say popular, um, <laughs> the much hyped rock band for vaccines on thursday you might have been in for a bit of a surprise simon what kind of a surprise what kind of a surprise should i be expecting from the vaccines did they uh did they play memorable music was that the surprise uh no, no they did not um, <laughs> the vaccines um the other day they they went to um plan did in wales um and while 
kind of like to get in, you obviously needed a ticket, which is fair enough. Um, but also, you had to know for the name of the lead singer of the vaccines, or else the police would refuse to let you into the venue because they suspected you were a pickpocket. That's a that's an amazing like like what a way to test things. Like, could you name could you name the the maiden name of their drummer? <laughs> I know, like. Who knows the lead singer of any band uh, like that was formed after about 1990? Let's be honest. Yeah. Like the um, last. I'm just trying to think of one. The last band that anyone knew the lead singer of was uh, was Nirvana. Let's face it. No band has been formed since then where anyone knows the lead singer. I'm Noel gonna... Gallagher. Noel Gallagher. Does that count? Yeah. Yeah, but like you could get confused about which Gallagher's which. Yes, that's true. Um, I, I guess Frank Turner, but he's famous because he did a solo thing. I yeah, exactly. Think. He's on his own. I guess Damon Albarn. Blur? Who's that? Blur. Oh, okay, Blur. Um, that's a Blur and the Gorillas. I think that's probably like my. But like, I'm I'm shit bad with names. And I'm I'm struggling <laughs> to think of one even now, and I've listened to a lot of bands. Yeah, like even like I'm bad with names. I'm even worse with knowing the members of bands like i don't i don't know the names of songs of some of some bands that i'm a really bit like i enjoy them like i'll listen to their music constantly and i don't know the name of a single like track on the album fuck i'm like i'm i'm close friends with half of morning runner the band that wrote the um intro to the in-betweeners and has been broken up for a while and i can't even remember the name of their lead singer there you fucking go so like if you like if for some re- for some terrible reason, you'd ended up with tickets to go and see the vaccines. <laughs> like if you'd paid eighteen pound fifty for a ticket for the vaccines for some crazy ass reason and gone along, you know you like. I go and see bands quite a lot that I've never heard before. That's true. Yeah, like quite a lot of bands I see, it'll be like a band I've never heard before, and I'm just kind of interested or. You know, I've heard like a single of theirs and enjoyed it, and I'm like, oh, well, they're playing in Manchester next week. I'll go along and see like how the show is. Yeah, like I would. I there was no way I'd be getting able. To, it's a crazy ass test to get into a kid. <laughs> great one, but how do you test if somebody's a pickpocket or not? How do you do that? Well, like apparently that's the only way. Yeah, you I don't understand. 90% of people from entering the venue because they might be a pickpocket. Surely bait pockets. That's the solution to this problem. Like pockets, bit like just just give people mousetraps. Yeah, yeah, like just have a couple of policemen in the audience just like dressed in civvies with mousetraps in their pockets. That is a way better plan. Ah, broken your fingers. What are yeah. you going to do now? You're not going to be picking any more pockets, will you? Yeah, well, especially as we're arresting you now as well. Uh, <laughs> suck it. Suck it. That's what the police say. <laughs> now. Not you have the right to remain silent. No, they suck they, it. Yeah, they, they say, ah, suck it. You've got the right to remain silent. Are you telling me that the uh, that the late 90s wrestling stable Degeneration X are now running the police force, G? Yes, yes, I am. I'm not sure if I'm not sure if I'm happy with that <laughs> because Triple H has got a lot on his mind already. Um, what have I, what like what's the deal with the vaccines? I can only think of a single song that they've done. I don't know, but their name is everywhere, aren't they? Aren't, they isn't they're it? Every fucking way. Like they did the one. They did one single. That I remember when it came out. It was called like 
was it called Wrecking Ball? Wrecking Bar? Wreck the, uh, something like that. I'm going to wiki them. We but got? like they, they released a single that was I liked because it was it wasn't it was like a decent it was like a memorable song. Obviously the the title wasn't, but the song was fairly memorable, like hummable. And it was like a minute thirty long. Yeah. And I was like, I I like that there's a band in the charts for doing a song that's only a minute and a half long. I was kind of very down with that idea because like everything these days is too long. Songs are songs are all like five minutes long, you know, and movies are all like five hours long. So a band that would do a one and a half minute single, I was really down with. And then like then they just got hyped to hell, and I haven't heard anything they've done since. Just that they're apparently famous. Well, they like they. The only song that I remember by the Vaccines is "Post Breakup Sex," which really pisses me off because it's really like kind of. I don't really like. There's this. There's this trend in 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 kind of indie music of having really kind of drawling, long drawn out syllables, and it really pisses me off. No, I do remember that song and how irritating it was. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. No, yeah, that that was a really tedious song and I do now remember it. And I'm kind of annoyed at you for reminding me of it. Um, They did that. So they did that. Well done, I guess, guys. Did they win a... uh... Did oh, they? They, they did probably they won like something. A, did they win? They, what's the award? The, the the award that's the kiss of death. The Mercury Music Award. Yeah, do you reckon yes. they won the Mercury Music? They probably award? won that, didn't they? Everyone who's won that award named after a literally defunct telecommunications company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mercury, as far as I recall, was the name of the 1980s mobile phone division of cable and wireless. You know, <laughs> yeah. hey. Yeah. How's that going? <laughs> that's that's uh, how's that how's that business working for you? Basically, as well as the uh, as well as the award, yeah. Because you know, previous... as as someone whose dad worked for Cable and Wireless for like forty years or something, not well. <laughs> the Mercury Music Prize. Let's uh, let's see who's won that recently. Mercury I, I Prize. think Adele won it though, and she's doing pretty well for herself. Yeah. I hear we've got okay. So let's go backwards from now. So we've had. Um, Alt J, they won it last year. Notch, I think I've heard of them, and I was like, "That sounds like the name of a band that would win at the X Factor." PJ Harvey, they won it two thousand eleven. PJ Harvey is kind of big, isn't she? Um, I don't know. I get maybe. Yeah, PJ um, PJ Harvey writes. I, I think much in the same. Like PJ Harvey has a guitar and sings songs about hills in the way that Genesis might once have done. Okay, that's fine. That's understandable. Oh no, no, there's there's, there's some reasonable uh, reasonable bands on here. Um, the XX, Elbow, <laughs> like let, let the, the the XX, like the most hyped band in the history of any band ever. I fucking hate the XX. They so. do your head in. Speech de Bell won it in 2009. I recognise the name, but that just might be because I listened to too much Radio 6. Um, um, Elbow oh, won it in 2008. Elbow are doing all right for themselves. I see. With, I, I, I occasion, like every, Everyone in Manchester occasionally seems Guy Garvey. He seems to be doing yeah, but I think that the reason that Elbow are doing all right for themselves is that Guy, Guy Garvey is just so nice. He is an incredibly nice man. Anyone who lives in Manchester, just like hang around. I think Big Hands. I've seen him in a couple of times. Big it's Hands. Just... You, big Big Hands is owned by the drummer of um, Elbow. 
That's probably why. That explains it then. Yeah, yeah. And, and like he is legitimately just a very friendly and nice bloke. So yeah. say hi to Guy Garvey if you yeah. see him. He's he's also he's got a um, an iteration of the prog voice as well, which probably helps him talk people round to his. He um, does literally hosts a late night radio show on Radio Six, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, exactly. He is basically living up to that archetype. So good that's work, that's I good. That's good work. Good work there. So you know, Mercury, it's not that bad. But but no. fucking hell, Fucking the vaccines. vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> Get back to that. The vaccines, really? It's, it's funny because you know the vaccines are a, uh, a a vaccine is a is a cure for viruses that works by giving you a tiny weeny little bit of the virus and then your body breaks it down. So maybe that's uh, maybe they've accidentally done some commentary in them, on themselves there. You see, the vaccines seem like a band that I would have liked when I was about I don't know I guess I was about seventeen and went to Cardiff to see the Fratelli supporting. Oh yeah, season. shit! I remember being seventeen. Fuck that guy. Seriously, <laughs> fucking seventeen-year-old me. Oh, he had some big ideas, but he hadn't really thought them through very well. Mm. And I feel that's the thing. The vaccines are selling music for to seventeen-year-old us, and we're not seventeen anymore. Oh, yeah, man. And the seventeen-year-olds of today are listening to other shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. That's, they need to no, move with it. the times. That's exactly it. Actually, the guys who are now hyping music are like our age, basically. They're yeah, the guys yeah. who own, run the music blogs. And shit. So they were the guys who were going to see the fucking Fratellis and Kasabian. And, yeah, yeah, and that shit. So they keep. So they'll just jump up and be like, "These, this is it. These guys are back. They're cool. They're cool again. Are we cool again? Hey, look, the Zootons are touring again. Quick, everybody, go listen to the Zootons because they're cool. Are we cool? Are we cool? Oh, I like the Zootons. The first Zootons album's really good. I, I, I like don't like hearing hearing things said about this against the Zootons because like their first album was actually legitimately very enjoyable. Why don't, you, why don't you write it on your music blog then? I might do. I might start. Because, you know, when did the Zootons' first album come out? Fucking fuck knows. Like sort of two thousand five or something. <laughs> like ten years ago, probably. Uh, they called. Was it? Who killed the Zootons? Who killed the Zootons? It's a good album. It's a very enjoyable album. I imagine it's still in my CD rack that I never touch. Like one corner of my room has a CD rack. I'm just sort of glancing over it now. I can see just um, the Vampire Weekend, their first album. Um, I see a ripped copy of a James CD. Um, I can literally see the Fratelli's single. Um, and is that yeah? That's the Pulp Fiction soundtrack right there. That's there we go. That's the CD, uh, the CD collection of an asshole. <laughs> like, let's face it. I probably haven't bought any CDs since, like, I don't know, like two thousand and eight or something. So yeah, that that's like it is like a time capsule, it's, it's frozen in time. So you, in I think we, we've kind of accidentally proven our own point here. Yeah, yeah. I think we definitely have. Um, oh, uh, yeah. There's a Fleet Foxes album there as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Low anthem, bit of low anthem on there. I did own a low anthem. I did own. Did I? Did I have a low anthem album? I we see- used to. We used to talk about. You used to play it a lot on our student radio show. I imagine I probably do. I was really, I was kind of into a low anthem for a while. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's probably down there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. No, because I was. I was um, when I was seventeen. I was still on the. Um, 
I was still on the. I'd stopped listening to pop punk. That was my my major jam when I was a younger to mid aged yeah. teenager, and I just became this fucking pretentious asshole because I realised that interesting people they liked uh, they liked older music. So I just started listening to all my dad's old vinyls again and talking yeah. about it. I started buying like new old vinyls that my dad dad didn't have and yeah, talking yeah. about them like I'd always loved it. What a fucking dickhead. When I was a teen, my main, I think, like, around the time, like, before, like, I went to um, sixth form, I listened to a lot of, like, electronic music because yeah. of my brother, basically, and a lot of Motown. Yeah. Like, I had, a, I've, I had a Motown CD that I literally wore out from playing too much. Rinse, like, rinsing a CD is pretty difficult as well. Rinsing a vinyl is a lot easier, but a CD, I, I, that's I rinsed, pretty impressive. I rinsed two CDs of, of, of a Motown um, selection. Um, I, I tried to recreate the, uh, the sort of, it was like a best of Motown thing, and I tried to recreate it on Spotify. Never, never quite lived up. Never, can never recapture those years. You know, yeah, exactly. after those years. We should probably move on to something else. <laughs> we talked <laughs> um, about this for a while. <laughs> you know, we were like, uh, yeah, it's it that 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 got that that went down a, a, a weird hole. So yeah, fuck the vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that was what we were talking about. Yeah, fuck the vaccines. Anyway, um, speaking, speaking a lot about um, we were speaking about like hype and um, and kind of superficial people saying they like things without necessarily understanding what's going on. Um, I've I've been um, you know I. Occasionally, I like to do a bit of an an internet expose on things. We talked about bronies last week on the show and yeah. uh, what was up there uh, this that week. Went well, by the way, I yes, I, I heard people like it when you get angry about things. <laughs> <laughs> it's, cool. it's it's ridiculous because I don't get angry that much. I like to think it's just for this show. I get yeah. angry. Yeah. This is this is this is like therapy. You get it all out during the show. It's totally fine. Is. We yeah. put it out there. People enjoy it, and then and then it, it creates positivity as opposed to negativity. Well, it, we I mean, it's a Tuesday. I'm just doing my anger Tuesday thing, sorting out, getting out all of my anger on a Tuesday. Getting your so. anger Tuesday on. Yeah, uh, I have recently been watching a TV show called called Robot Combat League. Are you familiar with this TV show, G? No, it sounds like... I mean, is it basically Robot Wars? Uh, yeah, but the robots are nine foot tall. Oh, okay, that sounds like something that sort of 10-year-old me would be very yeah. tucked down. It's, it's, it's really cool. It's essentially robot jocks, but we don't have the tech to make robot jocks at the moment. So yeah, I can't wait to that day. I can't wait for the day when robot jocks becomes a reality. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> Um, so with the, so the the robots can't quite stand up properly because we don't quite have the tech to to power them properly. So they've got like bars that come out the back of them that push them backwards and forwards, but their arms are completely controlled by one to one motion sensing. And you have you have two people who control the robots: a robot um, robot controller person who does a lot of the tech stuff. They're usually a robot engineer or a software analyst or something. Quite quite tech savvy people and then you've got the robot jockey who is the person who controls the arms of the robot and does a lot of the more physical fighting um, yeah. and this gives it's a sci-fi original series um and it's it's very fun to watch i feel like it's slightly staged um there's a lot of things that a lot like a robot punches another robot and sparks explode out of it 
And um, so and, he's and, uh, saying it's probably more like where is Robot Wars was Robot Professional Boxing. This is more Robot Professional Wrestling. I think it is a little bit like that. I don't think it's quite as like kind of pre-planned as Robot Professional uh, as as wrestling. But there's a lot of I think there are things inside the robots that are made to go off, so it looks like they're more damaged than they actually are. Yeah, but, yeah. So it's more spectacular. But the thing that's that is spectacular is they're all powered by really high pressure, high yield hydraulics. So the moment one of those pipes go, there's fluid like all over the place. It's crazy. It's like the robot's <laughs> bleeding out in a in a Tarantino movie. Yeah, yeah. Like so, it, it it's sort of like some uh, some sort of Japanese samurai movie. Exactly. Shit. Like a guy gets hit and it's like, Bah-ah! yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and there was an amazing moment in in last week's episode where one of them sprung a hydraulics leak and it sprayed directly onto the robot controller and he was like. Ah! like covered in hydraulic fluid it was awesome Amazing. That's, that sounds really, pretty good yeah. it's a really fun show to watch um and it's got some quite cool people in it as well it's got um it's got george lucas's daughter in it okay <laughs> guess what george lucas's daughter does um as a day job at the moment i'm gonna guess she's i guess her day job would be just like working for george lucas like Kind of like, I bet she's like sort of like an executive at industrial like magic or something, you know. Highly decorated female MMA fighter. Really? Yeah, she's uh, one of the robot controllers. She's a robot jock. Robot so jockey. she's she, she's a she's a fights herself and she fights using robots. Yeah. That's kind of awesome. So she's like, and and there was an episode where George Lucas just rolled in to to check on his daughter, which was yeah. cool. Because like, like rolled in with his like ninety two chins. But it, but the, the funniest thing was like a lot of these people naturally are quite nerdy. What they tend to do is they 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 pair up a kind of attractive person, like a like a all American athlete or a linebacker with a with like a, a software engineer or a a robotics expert. So, so you yeah, get like the attractive. If athletic person controls the punching and the nerd yeah. person controls actually making the robot not yeah. fall apart. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like nerds and jocks versus the world. It's quite cool. And um, George Lucas just rolls in, and you can see like all of these guys who control the robots, just like, oh my god, it's George Lucas, it's George Lucas, Dave, it's George Lucas. I don't know, like, I, I feel like I should hate him, but I'm filled with childlike glee. <laughs> and they're all, like, backing away in awe. And she's like, oh, Dad, don't come and embarrass me in front of the <laughs> robot jocks. The robot jockeys think, I'm going to think that I'm an idiot getting my dad in. And he'd like, and they sit down, they have a little pep talk. Uh, anyway, um, Team Drone Strike is one of the teams on this uh, show. The robots oh, all have hilarious names, like Game Over drone strike axe like good, axe, good. Is, axe is fine drone strike sounds like a contentious political action yeah. well it, yeah well that's because it is and, yeah. uh, drone strike has giant gatling guns for hands and is desert camouflage painted so yeah, it's a little bit tasteless i feel excited yeah, just a little bit <laughs> just a little bit uh now uh this is where it gets a little bit weird the um the the robot jockey who controls the robot um for team drone strike is uh is a lady called cg thornton uh c-i-j-i thornton and yeah. uh she is reportedly a pro gamer and i was like this is interesting uh because she looks like a bit of a fuck up if i'm honest with you um she looks like she's about 40 she dresses like she's about 14 
she wears like incredible amounts of makeup and she has what I, what like a nose job that would make Jodie Marsh shit herself. It's right. pretty bad. So she's um, like the goth from NCIS, is that what you're kind saying? Kind of, yeah, but yeah. she's she's just weird. She like something about her seemed off and I'm like, Oh, this is weird. I'm mm. gonna do some digging. So uh so so she's a pro gamer and um she first appeared on the sci fi original series WCG Ultimate Gamer. Uh this is a series that nobody watched. Uh, in yep. 2009. Yeah, can't say it's ringing any bells. I mean, no, I don't get the sci-fi channel, but still. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's um she was uh she was in um uh she was in season 1 of WCG um Ultimate Gamer, which was a uh, which was a, a sci-fi original series to find the ultimate gamer in America, you know, a bunch of suits not really knowing what they're doing. What should we do? What are the kids like? The kids like computer games. Let's make a show about that for them. Um, and she is billed on IMDb as an actress in that show, and I was like, "That's weird." Yeah, um, rather so, than a contestant, she's exactly. Billed as an actress. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's it's billed as reality TV, and I was like, "This is kind of strange." Um, that this, so so I've I've looked further into CG Thornton, and it would appear would appear that she does not exist before the year two thousand and nine. There is nothing, nothing <laughs> at all about her. Um, she has a website. And I was like, oh, okay, so this is her gaming website where she reviews games. She On her website, she writes gaming reviews, but nobody comments on them. Find a gaming review website that, that a number of people visit, and you're going to find people going, no, I believe that this game is different to what you said because of this. No comments. The odd one comment saying that she's really great, but other than that, nothing kind of weird which yeah. means that it's either really like aggressively edited to stop people from like saying you're not a real person or yeah. people just aren't commenting on it which is really strange yeah this might suggest she's not a real person exactly. is that what you're getting has, at yeah yeah she has a youtube channel which has over twenty thousand subscriptions you know good more power to her um the videos with her in on the youtube channel that have been made recently rarely break three thousand views yeah, okay, that's really crazy. I'm imagining if we put up a YouTube video, we'd probably break 3,000 views. I, there's, a, there's a YouTube video of me uh, on YouTube when I'm quite drunk and getting beaten with a fake bat uh, that had over 15,000 views last time I checked. Yeah, um, I remember that. Um, are you going to give the hints for how people can look for you? Uh, it's called Spanky video? Time. Uh, yeah. have, find, that, find that video if you want. Um, yeah. More popular than this girl, apparently. Uh, any, there's a couple of videos where there's a guy just talking about gaming news, using her brand to like kind of make more videos for her. Uh, yeah. Those videos rarely have more than a thousand views. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's really weird. Um, and then, uh, and then I I tracked her website back. So I went to the very first. I edited the HTML code of what you type into the top bar, where you can select what page to look at. I went to the very first page ever created by that website so the first post she ever made the website started existing halfway through may 2009 which was after the end of season one of wcg ultimate gamer yeah so her website appeared after she stopped being on that um now her facebook page (laughs) you've done some thorough investigating here i gotta say mind of a stalker yeah Combined with the mind of a scientist and way too much CSI. I can go deep into the yeah, mix if I like, want to. 
you, you're what you're on the detective show they call a pit bull you know That's once me. you grab hold of something you don't let go so i checked her facebook page she has a facebook page you know quite active uh most recent thing she posted on there was a picture of a zelda themed bikini and a number of young gentlemen would, um, said that they'd like to see her in it you know it's the internet pretty pretty standard stuff yeah. so i went all the way back on her facebook page because we can do that now because of timeline um now the facebook page was set up in 2006 which is arguably when facebook kind of started but then there are no posts at all until 2011 nothing kind of crazy so it's like let's up cg you, let's thornton have... you're a, you're a person but you're not you're not really a person are you yeah you you you're a person who decided to come into existence. What were you before? Who created you? Where are you from? We just <laughs> but and and all of the interviews with her on Robot Combat League and stuff like make it seem like she is CG Thornton. So like, are you a are you did like was this a personality someone created for you so you could be on a reality TV show and you've just adopted it? Is that who you are now? Like how deep like it's like an undercover cop who's got too close to the people he's studying it's it's such a weird thing because like it's it's not like you've created a famous personality like i've never heard of this person until you've mentioned it exactly like, and she says I, she does everything for her fans and she's got twenty two thousand followers on twitter but did you, i don't think you have many fans yeah, who are they? Who are they? Because nobody's commenting on your blog posts or or watching your YouTube videos, even though you've got 20,000 YouTube sub- su- subscriptions. What's going on? Because, <laughs> it's going like, on? because it's not like somebody's created like a celebrity personality. She's created to seem like a celebrity, but she's not even close to being a celebrity because nobody knows who she is. It's... Yeah, I, I can't even... I can't even, like, fav... Like, I mean, it's obvious. Like, she must have... Like, this personality has been created for TV. Like, there's yeah. absolutely no doubt about this. But why? Yeah. Why couldn't... Why couldn't she just be whoever the hell she actually is? Like, because no one knows who she actually is. No. Like, who is she actually? She's actually an actress, but none of us know who that is. So she could have just carried on being that person, right? She's also reasonably proficient at Guitar Hero. I've seen videos of her playing Guitar Hero, and she plays it quite well, which means that part of her acting, I guess, is to spend loads of time playing Guitar Hero. Well, yeah, it's it's kind of like that weird combination of reality and and unreality that seems to predominate in entertainment these days. Yeah, but also she believes it. Like, it seems like... Like it seems like this is who she is. Like, Do you feel believe- that this is who she is now? Like she's no longer the person she once was. She is now literally this character created for her by some suits for a non-reality TV show. Yeah, that that's that's what it seems like is is what's happened to her. But that's not something a normal person does. That was what Rorschach did when he saw something that was so horrific he couldn't deal with humanity anymore, and he just became his superhero personality. I don't know, but this like whole way of existing, I'm not saying it's common, but it's becoming more common because you have all these like non-reality reality shows and you like see stuff about these guys in the news, like people on like, you know, uh, Made in Chelsea or whatever, or like The Only Wears Essex or what have you. And it's like, that's not, I mean, the character you play is obviously based on yourself. Like, yeah. 
you're playing an overemphasized version of your own self. Yeah, yeah, it's what yeah. you're doing. But like you've now actually become that version. Like when you go out, you are now that character you play rather than you. Yeah. The mask has guess, become your skin. That's what's yeah. happened. Yeah, and like this woman has done the same thing, but instead of going to nightclubs or having kind of expensive parties in London, she plays video games. It's fucking sad. It's very sad. Like the whole way like entertainment works now is really sad and depressing, basically. Well, yeah, it's like, but but the, but the thing is, that's kind of sad and depressing that you've become this person, but that like. That's just the tip of the iceberg of what fucking... Like, what do you reckon Honey Boo Boo is going to be like in 15 years' time? Oh, I mean, that is true. Like, what the fuck's going on with that search? But, like, I mean, the thing I think with, like, like most of these reality stars, like, they're getting a big audience and they're famous and they're probably getting quite a lot of money to pretend to be someone else all of the time. She's... This woman you're talking about is fighting in a robot's fighting league on the sci-fi channel yeah like no one knows who the like twenty-two thousand followers on twitter that's like fucking nothing let's be honest all right yeah like i mean if our podcast got twenty-two thousand followers on twitter would be like that's like the craziest shit in the world but like yeah but for an actual for an actual celebrity who's a celebrity they they all have like a million followers yeah Um, yeah all right let's let's look at my favorite Let's look at my favourite celebrity Twitter account, um, which is uh, Dick Van Dyke's Twitter account. Let's see. Okay, he's got 36,500 followers, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got, like, he's got a third more followers than her, and exactly. he's just Dick Van Dyke. He's just, he's he's not really a, uh, he's not really a, a celebrity, is he? Yeah, and, and can I just say to all our listeners, you should... Pr- properly follow dick van dyke on twitter because this guy is like you know i think we've mentioned how like george takei was like everyone's granddad yeah exactly that's no longer true dick van dyke is everyone's granddad (laughs) you need to follow dick van dyke on twitter it's like the most enjoyable pleasant experience in the world like no matter how angry you are on it about anything He'll just post, like, just something incredibly happy about how much he's enjoying life. Like, his most recent post is a picture of him in a sweater uh, with sign language on. And he's saying, um, it's, you know, his post is just a picture of him in a sweater, like, in his lovely, like, Malibu kitchen or whatever. (laughs) And it says, what a wonderful cause. Portions of every purchase goes to support the gift of hearing. Like, what a lovely man. Yeah, what a lovely man. Um, He's posting I, a picture of him looking charming in a sweater and saying, you can buy the sweater too, and the money goes to help people like people who are deaf. What a guy. What a guy. What a great guy. Follow that guy. Philip, follow Mr. Van Dyke on Twitter. Yeah, He's a man whose lit- life was literally saved by dolphins, lest we forget. <laughs> are you aware, um, if I... If I um, if I may take us back to depressing reality TV land, because I didn't realise that this was actually a thing. It was something I heard about, and I've just been reminded of, of it whilst talking to you about about psychotic reality television. Mm. Um, are you aware of the uh, of the MTV original series Teen Mum? Yes, yes, I am. I, I feel I know where you are going with this Teen Mum story, or oh, Teen Mom. I guess Teen Mom. Um, are you aware of uh, of of teenager who appeared in in team um farrah abram 
Yes, yes, I'm aware of this. Uh, so she's a teen who was a mum and was on television. Uh, so, you know, she she published an autobiography in August 2012 called My Teenage Dream Ended. It's a, you're just a teenager who had a who had a child as a teenager and then made yeah. an autobiography of it and made yeah. made loads of money out of that. That's fine. That's totally cool. That's not, yeah. nothing wrong with that. Perfectly healthy. Um, don't think that'll mess you up. Um, in uh, this month, <laughs> uh, May 2013. Are yeah. you aware of the um, the the? Uh, it's a form of a, a video entertainment company, Vivid Entertainment. G <laughs> purveyors of um, purveyors of filth. Vivid yes. Entertainment, the pornography company. I, I am aware of Vivid Entertainment. Yes, they I, uh, I think they most... released a uh, released a sex tape featuring um, Farrah Abram uh, having sex with a porn star called James Dean. Uh, yeah. The, it's the been reported. Is like, yeah, I think Vivid Entertainment. I believe. Don't quote me one hundred percent on this. They were the company that released Kim Kardashian's yeah. sex video. Um, yeah, and now like. Apparently, like I'm, the official story is amazing. As far yeah. as like Farah Abraham said, essentially what she did, she she met James Dean, the famous bisexual porn star, um, and was like, "Hey, like you seem fun. Let's have sex and let's film it. Let's 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 film ourselves having sex. Like just the sex tape for ourselves." And then, James Dean, famous yeah, bisexual porn star. Famous porn star James Dean. Like, let's make a private sex tape. And then, as f- she says, that what happened is that um, James Dean took that video against her will and threatened to release it. So she decided to control its release by going to Vivid Entertainment, famous purveyors of pornographic filth. It's, yeah. it's an interesting story, Simon, yeah. Yeah. if true. <laughs> so this is, uh, we now live in a society uh, that, that if you're pregnant and a teenager, um, MTV will find you, they will make your life into a mawkish documentary and fuck you up so much that you will decide to make a f- fake but actually real celebrity sex tape for a pornography company. Um, with famous famous porn, porn, pornography star James Dean, uh, which is a which is a story so ridiculous it sounds like the kind of thing a Baptist preacher mother would tell her daughter to stop her from having sex. But it's actually a thing that really happened. That's um, actually a thing that happened. That's it is a story that some confused middle aged women reading the who'd read the daily mail would talk about as we've discussed before exactly. those, two, those two women who are, we are of which we are so fond who read the daily mail headline and get confused about the internet but no that's actually real that's what happened yeah so um so i reiterate a point i made about a, a number of months ago when i got quite wor- worked up about teen sex and how it annoyed me teens stop fucking fucking each other <laughs> Because if you don't, you'll be made into a mawkish teen documentary and then a mawkish young adult sex tape. Um, that's what will happen to you. I the have thing is, here. I worry that too many teens in our society, Simon, might see that as a good thing. Oh, no, yeah. We're just fucked, aren't we? We're fucked. Let's face it, like, Farrah Abram is almost certainly a millionaire now. Yeah, that's it. Money... Yeah, money. Like, how much is it worth? My soul. Oh no, cool. How much money? Oh, any amount of money. Oh, wicked. Take it. Take it. Take it all. That's fine. That's fine. 
Cool. Um, I, I do want to be clear as well. I, I straight up haven't seen this pornographic film. I wasn't cause... aware of it until about a week ago. I also have not seen this pornographic film. Um, I, I don't really have any interest in watching a woman I've never heard of had se- have sex with James Dean, who I, wa- though... who I had heard of, which is possibly kind of worrying. Even though I've heard he's quite a ce- celebrated bisexual porn star. He is. It's, it's one of the things he's famous for. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um, That's rea- sorry, sorry can I just talk about how fucked up that is I knew who James Dean was <laughs> for a fact like no lie I definitely knew who he was before I heard he'd made this sex tape with Farrah Abram who I have no idea who she was <laughs> what's more fucked up that Farrah Abram is famous or that I knew the name of a famous bisexual porn star What's more fucked up, that or the fact that if you accidentally type James Deem, D-E-E-M, you find a celebrated children's author. Like so there is a there's a typo that could get you in trouble. Yeah, like that's so this guy, James Deem, James Dean, the famous one, and yeah. James Dean, the porn star. He's he's really slotted himself in between those two, hasn't he? So to speak. Allegedly, he has himself in between the dead actor James Dean and the celebrated children's author James Dean. Wowie zowie. Um, I've got a lot more to talk about. Do you want to just like extend this show because it's a, like our anniversary special? I mean, if, if, you uh, if you'd like to, um, if you're interested in the number of uh, Twitter followers James Dean has, uh, it's 124,502. So How does he are. have more followers than Dick Van Dyke? That's obscene. I think it's interesting to note that C.G. Thornton, uh, well-known pro gamer and internet celebrity, not uh, has 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 nowhere near the amount of followers as that that bisexual porn star. <laughs> The thing, listeners, you need to do this this week is follow EOM Podcast, which is our Twitter, and um, I am Mr. Vandy with <laughs> Dick Van Dyke's Twitter. <laughs> That's a great Twitter handle. <laughs> it's so good. I am Mr. Vandy. <laughs> it's, um, his description, all right, you know, on Twitter you put your description, just like a little thing about yourself, which yeah. I think... Mean, Mine is um, I have blog. I make my make podcast. Yeah. Um, Dick Van Dyke's is the barefoot, the barefoot prince of Malibu, <laughs> um, with with his, with a link to his website www.vantastics.com. What a guy! What a literally, lad! Literally saved by dolphins. That actually happened, by the that way. That actually everybody. happened. Like, Less depressing than the other actually actually happened thing that we talked yeah, about. Yeah. Dick Van Dyke once nearly drowned while surfing and was rescued by a pod of dolphins. And that actually happened. <laughs> like, not even... It's like the most... It's like the greatest thing that has ever happened in the history of the world. And it actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> um... So yeah, um, last week we talked about going to see. I, I went to see uh, Iron Man three. Yeah, it was um, good stuff. I enjoyed very much. Um, since then, I've been to see Star Trek two, uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. I still haven't seen that. Star Trek, technically, I guess that's Star Trek 
14. So does that <laughs> is that darkness. a good one or a bad one? How does it work? Is it supposed to be a rule? The rule used to be that even number Star Trek films were good, okay. um, which holds up with the original six. Like okay. all the even number ones are the best ones, and the odd number ones aren't as good, especially Final Frontier, which is awful. Yeah. Um, then the next generation films, like Generations, wasn't great. First Contact, I really enjoy. First Contact it, is good. First Contact, are really is it's not. It, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a great Star Trek film. But it's really good, like sci-fi action film. Yeah. Like, Contact, um, and then Insurrection, which was like. I say it's not that bad, but it's quite tedious. Like, yeah, you can get, yeah, yeah. like, not much happens, but it's not bad film. And then there's Star Trek Nemesis, which is possibly <laughs> one of the worst films ever made in the history of anything. However, like, it's still worth buying because on the DVD commentary. Uh, no, 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 you're getting confused. The DVD commentary of Star Trek Insurrection. That's the one we're talking best about. Star- that's got the best commentary ever. Um, it used to all be on YouTube. It's unfortunately now been taken down, um, which basically thinks is Jonathan Frakes, as in the guy who plays Riker, and Marina Sirtis, as in the woman who plays Deanna Troy, who is drunk. Yeah. Doing the commentary for the film, and it's absolutely brilliant. Um, I would highly recommend if you find it like in like a charity shop or something for a bit cheap, buy Insurrection and don't watch the movie, just watch the director's commentary because it's yeah. so fucking fantastic. Um, it's like the, the a recurring gag with um, with like for some reason, there's loads of continuity errors oh, um, with, so... with, with data, and um, and Riker just keeps on explaining it away as because he's an android. There's and this... then right at the end he falls into a pool of water and then a second of la- later he's completely dry and he's like he's an android okay he's an android <laughs> so they, well, yeah basically he, he walks into a lake he comes out of marina Sirtis, diana troy is like why are his clothes dry and and and, and john frakes is like because he's an android <laughs> and then she's like why is his hair dry and they both go because he's an android. <laughs> it's so good. It's so it's it's fantastic. Um, Nemesis is start, that's an even number. That's terrible. And then um, the first like the reboot Star Trek I quite enjoyed. Yeah, Star Trek Into Darkness. I enjoyed it, but looking back on it, I can't remember that much about it. <laughs> I saw that I saw that movie by the way with um, friend of the show Twee. Who, like, had, she'd seen like the first reboot movie, and like we went together to see the second one. So like that's all she's like. I've seen every like episode of Star Trek at least twice, probably. Yeah, and like Next Gen and Deep Space Nine, I've probably seen every episode like twenty times or something ridiculous. <laughs> like Simon can attest, I'm a very big Star Trek nerd. Yeah, 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 massive. But, like, so she's only ever seen, like, that one reboot film. And it was so good going to see it. Because, like, there are a lot of references, like, in the new one to old stuff. Oh, that's good. But she didn't know get the references that everything was a surprise. <laughs> like, so I will say, if you're a fan of Star Trek, go and see Star Trek Into Darkness with someone who isn't really a fan of star trek That's and it, cool. will re- it will definitely improve your cinema experience Wicked. anyway iron man free story <laughs> yeah so this is a story um from jefferson city missouri in the united states 
where the manager of a cinema called um, Capital Eight Theatres, for the premiere of Iron Man, he hired a man in an Iron Man costume and a number of men in bulletproof-style vests with toy guns to break into the cinema screen while the people were waiting for Iron Man to start. You see... You see, what you've done there is you haven't turned on the television for the last nine months. Yeah, remember what happened when Batman The Dark Knight Rises came out? Yeah, I remember that. Some shit went down as far as people with guns bursting into a movie theatre. Yeah, yeah, which, by the way, we don't think is funny. It's not funny, but... The guy who runs this movie theatre, clearly you didn't hear about that. Apparently not. It's not like it was on everything, everywhere. Yeah, apparently you you missed that major international news story that happened. I don't know, like, I don't know where Missouri is, but it probably wasn't that far away. No, I don't think so. It's probably like less than a day's drive away from where you are, I would say. Yeah. And I guess. This, I believe, um, uh, the the event that brought the phrase "active shooter situation" to the fore, uh, yeah, a phrase which we hear disturbingly often these days. But no, you just just missed out on that, did you? Didn't think it was really that big of a deal. Yeah, you just thought that was uh, fun. So apparently, obviously, the people in the theater and people seeing the guys with guns walking around the movie theater were calling nine one one. Of course. And- weren't very happy about this. No, Iron Man was here. It was fine. It's fine. Uh, Iron Man is here now. Uh, but Bob Wilkins says, hey, my job is to entertain people. Only a few patrons were upset. Read all of them. Hey, my job is to terrify people so they poo themselves. Yeah, like... Your job is to entertain people, do by putting on movies that other people have made. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. You just have to sit in your office and tell someone to put the movie on. <laughs> just stick to that. It's what you're good at. Buy some popcorn every now and then. That's all you need to do. <laughs> don't hire some gunmen to break into your movie theater during the f- the premiere of a superhero film you fucking idiot <laughs> it's wow yeah yeah don't don't do that please but the thing is it's america as well so what are the chances that someone in the audience had a gun and was exactly. just at a moment's notice, prepared to shoot these actors, the dude in half. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to, like, every single one of them just stone-cold killed by some vet who's just got back from Iraq. Just, ah, oh, they're all dead. Everything's fine, guys. Why are you all still screaming? <laughs> oh, Jesus. But that that could have totally happened. happened. And that then, like, happened. if they were actual, like, if they were actual gunmen, he would have been a fucking hero. But now you've but now you've placed a man in a position where he could easily have accidentally murdered four innocent people. Yeah, good work, dude. Good work, good work. movie theatre manager. I guess that's kind of entertaining <laughs> if you're a warped as fuck dickhead. So I guess you're a warped as fuck dickhead. 
yeah, I guess I guess if you're an ancient Roman watching a gladiatorial combat, then you know watching some bloods get spilt in a movie theater might be right up your street. Yeah. I don't think you're an ancient Roman. I might be wrong. Like hands I like up. to entertain people ancient Roman style. <laughs> It's it's no fun unless some blood has been let. <laughs> I like to uh, I like to perform my my religious ceremonies Incan style. Is that is that your baby? I'll take that over here if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, hey, why are you screaming? I'm just here to entertain people. Incan and ancient Roman style. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. Can, can we just clear up on behalf of ancient Mesoamerican cultures? I think you're thinking the Aztecs Sorry. rather than the Incas. Do you have anything else? I've got like two more things I really want to talk about. Okay, make it quick. <laughs> All right, okay. First off, um, do you watch Game of Thrones, Simon? I do. I'm a big fan. Um, okay. I've been, I'm, I'm usually an episode behind because I watch it um, the weekend after it airs at my fiancé's. Right, so you haven't seen episode seven. No. Point. Right, well, spoilers, there's a bear in it. Oh, wicked. I love um, bears. It features a bear. Like, the, the title of the episode is The Bear and the Maiden Fair, um, named after the song from the show, um, as performed by The Hold Steady. Um, cool. So, in this episode, there is a moment where someone is in a room I, i'm trying to give it as vague as possible to keep scrolling for you so i'm in, in a room with a bear imperiled by bear imperiled there is a there is one of the characters is imperiled by a bear um so i watched this episode i enjoyed it as i usually do with game of thrones and as i also usually do with game of thrones i sort of at finishing went on the internet to see what other nerds were saying about Game of Thrones. Because that's always, you know, it might be something I've missed because, you know, I don't read the books or whatever. They might have, like, there might have been a thing, like, I didn't pick up on during the show. And, like, I'll read that and then I might rewatch it. And, like, oh, yeah, you know, I see that now. Um, so one of the main comments this week was, oh, man, that bear looks so fake. Like, guess they spend all the CGI on the dragons because they definitely weren't spending anything on that shitty bear. Like, <laughs> what the fuck was up with the bear? Like, did they just, like, stuff a teddy bear or something? That's like shit. Oh, you wacky nerds. I'm not kidding. There were shitloads of comments about how fake the bear was. Nerds, that was a real bear. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Well done. Good work, Internet. In the credits of the episode, it had the name of the actual bear they'd got in for that episode. What was the bear called? Oh, it's called like Aldo or something. Nice name. Nice it's name. Aldo, I think. Um, good strong bear name. It's a good strong bear name, yes. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's a good strong name for bears of either, either variety, I would say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and it was... And it's just like, guys, like not, I think it's just like the thing that like everyone expects CGI so much and like is so desperate to bitch about nerd culture things. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, it's not like any bear I've ever seen. It's like, that's because you've never seen a fucking bear. Man, man, uh, man, that dwarf was really shit CGI <laughs> this week. That's Tyrion Lannister. He's been in it since episode one. No, but people don't come that size. Yes, they do. <laughs> Have you been outside? 
It was uh, just really like something about it said something to me. Like these nerds aren't picking up that that lady in your robot things isn't a real person. You ever yeah, think a real bear up. is a fake bear? Yeah, exactly. We're fucked. We're fucked. <laughs> We can't tell the difference between reality and falsehood, Simon. We can't. That's it. We've been duped. It's a super dupe. We're switching reality and, and falsehood. Hey, My, guys, I'm, guys I'm, every story on this week's Aaron Mercy, I just made up. We just made these up. Yeah, None yeah. of them were real. Yeah, exactly. And uh, my name is, in fact, Jeffrey Peterson. And my name's Bruce Moonshot. Oh, shit. No, what were our porn star names? Cocks are popping. My, yeah. my name's Cocks are popping. Uh, and we are actually porn stars. <laughs> That's how I knew James Dean was. <laughs> That's it. There we go. There we go. We've worked it out. We've worked it out. <laughs> You've worked with him a couple of times, haven't you, G? He's a real pro. What can I say? <laughs> Always gets the job done. <laughs> Cleans up afterwards. He's a gentleman. Um, just want to be clear for anyone listening. I have my name is actually Gary Thomas, and I have never been fucked by a man. <laughs> I am. My name is actually Coxer Poppin, and, um, and I, I have also never been fucked by a man. <laughs> um. So, like, I, I realise you want to kind of like wrap this up, which is usually my job, but I just got we, we we've had so much to talk about this week, Simon. There's been so much going on in the world. You know, it- there's been there's been teens becoming celebrities, then porn stars. There's been there's been the women just, being shit. There's just been women just materializing in 2009. It's all it's all kicking off. Um. So yeah, I, my final story of this week is from um, the state of Florida in America. One of our favourite states, I think. It's a fine state. It's a it's a it's a um it's a state that says sometimes you gotta be a bit crazy. <laughs> I think our two favourite state states in uh, in the United States probably I don't know, I'd say Florida and Texas with Utah coming up a close runner up because of the Utah Goat Man. Would you agree? Yeah, Utah Goat Man. Um we yeah. uh, we remember you. We're still looking for you, by the way. <laughs> Still looking. I haven't had any updates on Utah Gate Man. Can only assume he's still out there. He's Dead still out there. Mate, he he might be outside your window right now. Oh, don't like literally don't. <laughs> That's like the most terrifying prospect. <laughs> With my goats. Curtains, my curtains are closed, and I have a horrible feeling that if I open the curtains right now, Utah Gate Man would be out there looking in at me. <laughs> well, don't open your curtains then, G. It's better not knowing. Is it though? He could is be it out there though. Fucking hell, don't do this to me. Anyway, story from Florida. Um, this is um, someone running for the mayor of a town called North Miami, which I'm assuming is the northern part of Miami. It probably isn't though, is it? Let's face it's it. Probably not. It's probably somewhere completely different because just, that's just how Americans roll with this yeah. shit. Yeah, they'll name a t- they'll name a town in Texas West just to confuse yeah. people, and then blow it up just yeah. to confuse people. Um, so yeah, this is um, Anna Pierre. She's called. She's originally uh, from um, Haiti. 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 Yeah, Haitian. Haitian. She's she's yeah. a Haitian woman um, who currently became famous uh, during the nineties as a Creole pop singer um, with a hit song called. Um, Mete Suksu Bon Bon, which uh, translates as 
put the sugar on my candy. Oh, what lovely. Um, uh, what a lovely invite. That sounds delicious. Um, so this is Anna Pierre, and I say, um, she, she's actually look, used um, the line suksu bonbon in her like in her campaign literature it's like it's like the official uh that's her official tagline um, <laughs> it's quite an invite from a politician that's the kind of thing that gets you in trouble i think yeah. um, a lot of a lot of um a lot of candidates have learned in the past um so so that's i, I will say that's one of her taglines um she her other tagline is Anna Pierre is endorsed by Jesus Christ. <laughs> that is a good tagline. <laughs> a it's fine a, one. It's a bold tagline. It is bold, isn't it? It's a, yeah. quite a statement she's making there. It's a pretty impressive statement. Like, literally, Jesus Christ is literally endorsing me to be mayor of your town. The man himself. <laughs> um, so, obviously, some people have been curious it's fair yeah. to say about where this endorsement came from like you know some politicians will say you know i've been endorsed by the state's governor i've been endorsed by the, the popular state senator so and yeah. so you know celebrities so, maybe yeah endorsed by george clooney let's say you know who, who would <laughs> make, to pluck an idea out of the air pluck an idea out of the air let's say george clooney endorses you you might put that on your poster jesus christ i mean is a bold one because i mean i let's say we i i'm willing to make the assumption that if anna pierre is so willing to say that she's in, um, endorsed by our lord and savior jesus christ that she is quite probably a christian yeah we would yeah well yeah i mean why, why else would you want him on your side yeah, so you know she is saying that she's being endorsed by literally the son of god and also as such by god himself yeah 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 um so people have been asking well how do you know that jesus christ is endorsing you um, fair question fair question <laughs> I, th- I think if you need to, I think if you if you're electing someone, these are the questions you need to ask. H- how were you endorsed by Jesus Christ? Um, she says she was endorsed by three distinct signs. Simon. Oh, nice! That's a good number. You know, the, the three in one, the Holy Trinity. It's it's a good religious number. Um, so, um, local Miami TV station Channel Ten asked, um, "What were the three signs?" Uh, and Anna Pierre's reply is, I'm going to keep those private. <laughs> nice. Perfect. <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> like, I can't tell you. Why not? Because uh, uh, religious reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that'll do. Yeah. I, the woman, famous and willing to publicise, famous for the fact that I made a song called Put Sugar on My Candy. <laughs> Yeah, Jesus Christ. He wants to put sugar on this candy. Do you vote for me now? <laughs> put sugar on my candy. Vote for me. Jesus Christ would. Literally, I spoke to him. That's just, that's, that's, but that, like, that is actually her campaign trail. That's actually her campaign. Like, yeah. no, no, like, two ways about it. That's straight up her campaign. Like, Jesus Christ is putting sugar on my candy. Make me your mayor. <laughs> Jesus Christ is putting sugar on my candy. Would you like to <laughs> vote for me? I'm uh, a Creole pop star, baby. <laughs> I'm a famous Haitian Creole pop star supported by Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> no one's going to stop us. We're famous Haitian Creole pop stars supported by Jesus Christ on a mission from God. She should have ran with that. She should have gone for the Blues Brothers angle. Like I, I think no, definitely the Blues Brothers angle would have been great. We're on. A, I'm on a mission from God. Yeah, mayor of North Miami. And she could just like have two guys who look like the Blues Brothers hanging around with her the whole time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there are a lot of them. I think we could make a very passable Blues Brothers. Let's Shit, see. okay, we need to run for the for the mayorship of North Miami. Just two <laughs> English guys dressed as the Blues Brothers. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. If they're willing to put a woman on the paper who who claims to be literally endorsed by Jesus Christ, then they should have no problem with two English guys dressed as the Blues Brothers. <laughs> You could use so many of their quotes as well, couldn't you, for uh, for for your campaign trail? Yeah, like I don't know. It's it's eight o'clock p.m. We've got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Vote <laughs> Time for to us. Be- vote for us. <laughs> Time to become mayor. <laughs> and then you just put sunglasses on in slow motion. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> needs somebody to love. It would work. Someone would work. love. We should do that. We'll yeah. run for for mayor of of North Miami from the internet. <sighs> Definitely. Uh, unfortunately, happen. I'm afraid to say that based on her campaign poster, the election is today. So oh, we no. might we might have missed that bus. Ah <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, next year we'll get him. Next year. Next year. <laughs> Year two, the Errand of Mercy podcast, year two podcast will be uh, us, like, from the cabinet room of North Miami. Do they have a cabinet room? I don't think er- that's what it's called. Errand of Mercy, year two, the mayors of North Miami. <laughs> we could do it. It's possible. All things are possible for Jesus Christ, my brother. <laughs> Who, of course, will endorse us as well. I'm pretty sure he'll endorse us. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly sure Jesus Christ will also. If he'll endorse her, he'll definitely endorse us. This is, uh, this is, this is uh, our uh, our comedy podcast, The End of Mercy, endorsed by Christ Himself for reasons we can't share with you. Um, yeah, for reasons we can't share. You've been listening to episode 44, our one-year anniversary episode of Errand of Mercy. Um, thank you for listening, as ever. Please tell a friend. And just a reminder, you can get in contact with us in three different ways. You can like our Facebook page, that's facebook.com forward slash Errand of Mercy. You can follow us on Twitter, that's um, at EOM Podcast. Or you can email us at eom.podcast at gmail.com. My name has been Garen Thomas. My name has been Simon Payne slash Coxer Poppin. I haven't Uh. decided on that yet. (laughs) And we'll see you next week. See you. See you next week. Uh, I'm going to hand over to to the late guy. He's, who do you reckon that who who plays after that prog show? Is it is it like probably a it's usually a punk show, isn't it? Some kind of mad punk guy. It's either a punk or just like some really crazy like nineties rave music. Yes. It'll be no no. Do you know what it will be? It will be like some like like middle aged Jamaican dude who was like a famous sort of reggae slash ska artist in the eighties. And he will have a, uh, a a sort of a reggae slash 
sort of sort of dance music show called something like Howlin' Rody Redison. Yeah, Howlin' Rody. We're now passing over the Howlin' Rody Redison. Uh, we'll we'll see you next week at the same time. Bye. Bye. about Alibaba with the 40 thieves Tom, Tom the piper's son he was there with me I rode through a valley with a princess by my side the duke and the duchess was there to meet me with a smile Alice was there in wonderland staring far away the tree blind mice was there with me to tell the teddy bear the tale. The teddy bear came smiling there with a big smile. The little boat has lost her sheep last night. Dream last night about Alibaba with the forty thieves. Tom, Tom, the piper's son, he was there with me. Choose a valley with a princess by my side The two tender touches with the reggae, reggae, reggae last Get, 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 get.